Week 10 of the NFL season is in the books. You're listening to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton, and due to some scheduling conflicts, Mike Adams will not be joining us today. But nonetheless, we've got your Week 10 review and your Week 11 preview coming right up, so stay tuned. Since Mike's not here, we're going to kind of change the format up a little bit. Uh, there'll be less for us to talk about, so we're going to condense the the review episode and the fantasy episode into one. So let's get started with this recap of Week 10. Uh, bittersweet for fans like me and Mike when our team's lost, but a great week in the NFL overall. Um, let's start with the Thursday night football game between the Chargers and Raiders. Um, it, it really kind of, to me, felt like a statement game for the Raiders. They were playing for Oakland. Uh, you saw Derek Carr get emotional after the game, and for the most part, they absolutely wrecked Philip Rivers' night. Uh, the last drive was absolutely ridiculous by Philip Rivers, zero for seven and a pick. Uh, he, he ended the day with three interceptions, and the Raiders really just manhandled the Chargers, so that was a kind of a crazy game to kick the week off. Another crazy game was the Jets and Giants. Uh, it kind of seemed all year like the Jets and the Dolphins were in a battle for that number one pick. But this week, the Jets and Dolphins both won, which kind of leaves the door open for the Bengals, which we'll get to later. But let's get to this game. Um, A game in which Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns, but they still lost. And to me, the craziest stat of this game, and I almost couldn't believe it when I first saw it, was Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for one yard. Absolutely insane. They basically just eliminated him from the game. And, and and controlled it. I mean, they, they didn't really have that great at stats offensively. I mean, 230 yards and one touchdown for Sam Darnold. Only 34 rushing yards for Le'Veon Bell. But uh, they got the win. They got it done. Let's go to what I think is probably the biggest shocker of the week. Mike and I both picked the Saints to dominate the Falcons in convincing fashion. And the opposite happened. The Atlanta Falcons absolutely manhandled the Saints 26-9. to um, once again, not a great game by Matt Ryan. Only 182 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And a game where Drew Brees threw 287 yards but no touchdowns. So, really the Falcons' defense controlled this football game, which was something that I don't think anybody saw coming um, when this started. So, we've been talking all year about Dan Quinn in the hot seat. Well, this definitely helps his case beating a really good Saints team, which some people, including myself, think we're the class of the NFC so good win for the Falcons let's go to the week the game that made my week really bad and that's Chiefs Titans Uh, Pat Mahomes comes back which was fantastic had a great game 36 of 50 for 446 yards and three touchdowns Chiefs ran the ball decent 77 yards on the ground for for Damian Williams but the defense absolutely collapsed late in the game and it allowed the Titans to come back and, and win in a crazy fashion. It started with the Chiefs going for a field goal. The long snapper snapped it before Dustin Cole quit the holder was ready. And he had to throw it away, which obviously failed the field goal and got an intentional grounding. Titans go down and score. The Chiefs are trying to win it. They drive down to send it to overtime to kick a field goal, and it gets blocked. So uh, special teams problems, defensive collapse. Really, there's no reason for the Chiefs, when they're up nine points with about four minutes left in the game, to even be that close to to losing this game. So, uh, if you're a Chiefs fan like me, it's a little concerning because 
they had the, the Mahomes back and he scored all these yards and touchdowns, but just like they did earlier in the season, they're not backing Mahomes up with strong defensive performances. And the weird part is it almost seems like the defense played harder when Matt Moore was out there, which to me is a little crazy. So uh, I think they still have the talent to right the ship, but Steve Spagnuolo has got to get that defense in better position and, and they have to help Mahomes out a little bit. I mean, he can throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. The defense doesn't have to be great. So they just need to tighten it up a little bit. All right, let's talk about the Ravens and Bengals. I talked a little bit ago about how the Bengals are now in the driver's seat to get the first overall pick. And part of that's because they absolutely got stomped by the Ravens, 49-13. to uh, I believe this game pretty much made Lamar Jackson the front runner for the MVP. Uh, he had 223 yards and three touchdowns passing. And he had an absolutely brilliant run, but he had 65 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So really just a great offensive day by the Ravens in general. And most of that was Lamar Jackson. So... Um, Going back to the Bengals, no A.J. Green. Ryan Finley had a really bad uh, game for him, completing barely 50% of his passes, 167 yards with a pick. So uh, they did good on the ground with Joe Mixon, but this Bengals team's got a long way to go. Luckily, they're in position to get their quarterback in the future in the draft because I don't see them winning any games anytime soon. All right, let's go on to the Browns and the Bills. Browns pulling out 19 to 16. And we've been talking about the Browns all year and how they've underperformed. This was kind of a big win for them because, you know, it was a good Buffalo Bills team that they beat. So um, it's a good win for them. They're going to have to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. Another big game. If they have any hopes of turning their season around, I think it started last week with, or this last week 10 with a win. And they need to carry that through week 11 and get it done. So, uh, saw Kareem Hunt come back. He only had four carries, but he averaged seven and a half yards a carry. So I expect big things out of Kareem Hunt, too. All right, let's bounce around here and go to that Dolphins win over the Colts. Dolphins win 16-12. Uh, not an impressive game by anybody in this game, really. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 169 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. Uh, Brian Hoyer had three interceptions, which ended up being the deciding factor uh, and all of a sudden, you know, Dolphins fans are kind of getting mad that they're winning because at this point it means that the more wins you get, the the worse draft position you're going to get. So I think they're kind of thinking, you know, if, if you're going to suck, you might as well suck good. There's no point in winning these games, but uh, I guess the player's pride is enough. All right, let's go to the Panthers and Packers. The Packers win it 24 to 16. This was a good game. Kyle Allen didn't have the greatest game, but uh, Christian McCaffrey had 108 yards rushing and a touchdown, and he had 33 yards receiving, so another good game by him. Uh, the Packers just rebounded. You know, they didn't have a great game the week before, but you know they're, they're still in the driver's seat in the NFC North right now, so I don't see any reason that they're not going to make the playoffs. And here's another game that, to me, is a little bit of a shocker. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Los Angeles Rams 17-12. to um, It's one of those things where we joked all season about, it wasn't really a joke, but we talked about how the Steelers were one of those bad teams that everyone keeps beating. But you look at them now, they're sitting at 5-4. and four, And they're sneaking up on some of the rest of the AFC teams. I mean, they're 
they're playing like they might get a shot at the playoffs here. I think the more concerning thing about this game in particular, though, is that the Rams are looking awful on offense. Jared Goff, 243 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And this one really killed me, and I don't even want to talk about it, but in the receiving game, Cooper Cuff, zero receptions for zero yards. For a guy that's been the number one receiver in fantasy all year, that's absolutely insane that they couldn't get anything going. Um, And on the Steelers' side, they're not having to do much. They're kind of like a 49ers team right now. They don't have to do a whole lot on offense to win games because their defense is playing lights out. Part of that's the Minka Fitzpatrick trade that they made with the Dolphins, really paying off for this football team. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see them in action against the Browns this week and to see really where they go from here on out in the season. All right, let's get to a game I'm really excited to talk about. And that's the Vikings beating the Cowboys 28-24. Mike's not here to defend his Cowboys, so I'm going to make fun of him as much as possible. Uh, we've been ranting and raving about how Kirk Cousins can't beat above 500 teams. We've also been talking about how the media says the Cowboys can't beat good teams. Well, one of those things had to be broken this week, and it turns out Kirk Cousins goes on the road, picks up a win against an over 500 team, and the Cowboys drop another win to a, a really good team. So it's kind of concerning for Cowboys fans. I think they'll be okay, but you know we're looking at them. We've seen them against two real NFC contenders in the Saints and Vikings, and they've come up short in both of them. So it's kind of a telling sign, and obviously next week we'll get Mike's thoughts on that, but uh, Dak had a solid game, 397 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, but part of it is they couldn't get Ezekiel Elliott going. 20 carries for 47 yards or 2.4 yards a carry. That's just not going to get it done um, against these teams, especially with the Minnesota Vikings where the Chiefs even tore the Vikings up on the ground. Uh, the Cowboys have got to get that run game going because the, the receiver stats look nice. I mean, Amari Cooper had 147 and a touchdown. Randall Cobb had 106 and a touchdown. Michael Gallup had 76 and a touchdown. But against the Minnesota Vikings, you got to ground and pound it out, and they just couldn't get it done. So it's going to be really interesting to me to see how the Cowboys can rebound and go with this. Okay. This game was almost like a Super Bowl matchup level. It was super entertaining. Seahawks, 49ers. Seahawks pull out the overtime win, 27-24. Um in a game which I feel like they really should have lost. If you watch this game, it was super exciting, but Russell Wilson's driving down in overtime to get the win, and he throws a pick at his own 10-yard line. It was almost as bad had they have lost. I think this would have felt as bad as the Super Bowl pick on the one-yard line. It was a throw that they didn't need to make because all they had to do is kick a field goal, really, in overtime. He forced the throw in there, got it picked off, Um, it turns out that the 49ers shank a field goal and they come down and get a win, but it was a really close game, really good game. Um, it was exciting to watch and that wrapped up our week. So it was a really fun game on overtime on Monday night. That wraps up our week 10 preview. Stay tuned for our week 11 picks. All right, before we get to our week 11 picks, I want to kind of talk about the only real news article that is going around this week and that's that the NFL is holding a private workout for Colin Kaepernick on Saturday. On the face of it, this sounds like great news for him and good news for some teams, but I can't help but have this sickening feeling that this is some really weird PR stunt. Um, At this point, 
you have to think teams know what they are going to get with a Colin Kaepernick. And you think about if a guy gets injured and he misses an entire season. Obviously, he's going to be rusty. You don't even know if he's got, you know, if he's going to be the same ever again. Then you got a guy that if he misses two years, you're thinking, oh man, his career might be over. Colin Kaepernick last played a game three years ago. He hasn't played in any other leagues. He didn't go to the CFL. So I have to think that the, that the teams know what they're going to get with Kaepernick. So I don't know the reason for this workout. It seems like a really weird PR stunt. And the thing is, the timing is really weird. Um, and that's the news, the big news that came out of this. Apparently, Kaepernick's camp is saying, we originally wanted to have it on Tuesday, but the NFL moved it to Saturday. And if you're asking me, Saturday's the absolute worst day they could possibly hold it. You've got scouts for the teams scouting college players. You've got head coaches traveling with their teams, getting their teams ready for Sunday's matchup. It's almost like they set this up to where no one would go to it on Saturday. The crazy part is, why did they even set it up to begin with? I don't know if it was on Kaepernick's requests. And don't get me wrong, I would love to see Colin Kaepernick on a team because you can't tell me that a team like the Broncos with Brandon Allen wouldn't be better with a Colin Kaepernick. The problem is, this should have happened two years ago. It's too little too late in my mind now. I don't think a team like the Broncos, no matter how good of shape Kaepernick's in, he hasn't seen any football action in three years. So getting him to come back and throw the football and be able to read defenses, a lot's changed in three years in the NFL. So um, I can't help but think it's a publicity stunt, but uh, let us know what you guys think. All right, let's get started with our week 11 picks. Now, the good news for you guys is Mike's not here, so these are probably going to be right because typically he's not. So uh, just remember that and... When he comes back next week, let him know on social media how much you missed him. All right, let's start on Thursday Night Football. In full disclosure, I'm recording this on Thursday. It's halftime right now, but I'm going to go with the Browns. <laughs> the Browns are currently up 14-0, but I, I think that uh, had the game not been going by the time I started recording this, I would have probably picked the Steelers just because their defense has played so well that you know with Baker Mayfield struggling all year, uh, that would have been a smart bet, but I th- obviously the Browns are up 14 nothing. Still, still anything can happen, but uh, it's a big game for the Browns. It's it's really a must win. All right, we've also got the Jets and the Redskins, and this is not going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, they have named Dwayne Haskins a starter for the rest of the season. I'm gonna go with the Jets here. I think the Jets defense is gonna get it done in this game, so I'm going Jets. All right, let's go to Jaguars and Colts. Nick Foles is going to make a start after the bye week and replace Gardner Minshew. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett is also going to be back. So I'm going to pick the Jags still. I like Nick Foles. Week one against the Chiefs, he actually looked really good until he got hurt. He was connecting on the deep ball, playing really good um, offense. So I'm going to go with the Jags and a little bit of an upset there. All right, we got Bills and Dolphins in the AFC East showdown. I'm going to go Bills. Um, I know the Dolphins are coming off of two straight wins, but the Bills' defense is is really good, and I still don't really have any faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick, so I'm going to go Bills there. In what could be a good game, depending on Matt Stafford's availability, the Cowboys are traveling to take on the Lions. I'm going to go Cowboys in this. Uh, you're welcome, Mike, if you're listening I think that they're going to get Ezekiel Elliott rolling. 
in the review part of the episode, I said that that's really the key to their success. We saw 300-yard receivers last week from the Cowboys in a loss. So they got to get Zeke Elliott running the football. Definitely has to get better than 2.4 yards of carry this week. And I think they'll get that done this week against the Lions. Um, and what could end up being the game of the week, in my mind, the Houston Texans travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. You're going to get Deshaun Watson against Lamar Jackson, two of the the hot commodities at quarterback right now. Um, it's going to be a super fun game to watch, and it's one of those games that we talk about. You're probably going to want to start offensive players from both teams in fantasy. But if I'm having to pick right here, I'm going to say Ravens. I have Lamar Jackson as a fantasy quarterback, which has been probably my best move I made all year, drafting him. But Lamar Jackson is something else right now. Both these quarterbacks have similar abilities. I think Deshaun Watson's a little bit better of a passer, and Lamar Jackson's a little better as a runner. But they're both serious dual threats, and that's going to pose a lot of problems on defense. So I'm going to go Ravens in a high-scoring game. All right, you got the Falcons coming off that big win on the Saints. Taking on the Panthers. Uh, can Dan Quinn and the Falcons keep this momentum going? Because they need some more of these big wins to be able to save Dan Quinn's job, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think they get it done. I'm, I'm going Panthers here. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be too much for the Falcons to handle. They've been poor on defense all year except for last week. And I just don't see them being able to shut down Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going Panthers. All right, speaking of the Saints, the Saints are traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks and Jameis Winston. Much like the Texans and Ravens game, I expect this to be a high-scoring game and a lot of offense going on. I think Drew Brees is going to have a good game, and I think Jameis Winston is going to have a good game. I think the difference in this game is Drew Brees is going to have less picks than Jameis Winston. So I'm going to go Saints, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring close game. So I got Saints. All right. Broncos at Vikings. Um, I'm taking the Vikings in this. The Broncos defense is good and it might give Kirk Cousins some struggles, but I don't know that they're going to be able to slow down Dalvin Cook. And I don't think they'll be able to score because this Vikings defense is pretty legit. So, uh, you know, Brandon Allen and the Broncos offense, it's going to be tough. So I'm going to go Vikings in this one. Here's another game that I think could end up being a really good game this week. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals taking on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. 49ers defense is stellar. Their offense is just okay. Cardinals offense is getting to that stellar point. They're still not, I don't think, fully developed under Cliff Kingsbury yet. But Kyler Murray's playing really good football. But their defense struggles. So I'm going to take the defense and the 49ers in this one, shutting down Kyler Murray. And Jimmy Garoppolo doing enough to win. So I'm going to go 49ers in this one. All right, this game should be interesting. Patriots-Eagles. We've talked all year, and you know I've been talking about it. Patriots don't have a, a tough schedule. They've beat a bunch of easy people. They've almost lost to the Bills. They did lose to the Ravens. So now they're going against the Eagles, who are a really good, I won't say really good, but they're a solid team right now. I think it's going to give them struggles. I am going to take the Patriots in this one, though. I don't think the Eagles are that great yet. I think they have flashes of brilliance, but I don't think they're consistent enough to beat the Patriots. So I'm going to take Tom Brady in that one. All right, we've got the Bengals, who are winless, taking on the Raiders. Um... 
I'm going to go Raiders in this one. I just don't think that uh, my boy from Nebraska, Zach Taylor, has enough weapons on offense to score enough points to beat really anybody right now. So I've got them losing to the Raiders. And this could be a really interesting game. To me, these are two teams that are completely underperforming. It's the Bears at the Rams. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, if you've listened to the show before, you know I picked the Bears as my Super Bowl favorite. And I think Mike said that the Rams were up there for him. So you're talking about two two teams that were potential NFC contenders for Super Bowl. And now we're talking about two teams that might not even make the playoffs. So it's a it's a really tough game to call because both offenses have been struggling. And I think both defenses are pretty solid. I'm going to take the Rams in this one, though, solely for the fact that it's in Los Angeles. If you look at the stats, Jared Goff is excellent at home and terrible on the road. So, to me, that just tells me that he's going to do enough to get it done at home. So, I got the Rams in a close one. And here's the one that's probably my favorite game of the week, obviously, because it's the Chiefs. But the Chiefs and the Chargers in Mexico City on Monday Night Football uh, should be a wild game in front of the Mexico City crowd. Um, on paper, you would think that the Chiefs would win because the Chargers have a bad record and the Chargers got smoked by the, the, the Raiders last week, but they always play tough. Chiefs Chargers games are close. Uh, the Chargers, are the only team from the AFC West to beat the Chiefs in the last, what, five years. So I expect this to be close. Obviously I'm going to go Chiefs. I think under the big lights, Pat Mahomes came out today and said he feels better than he's felt since week one of the season. So I think that's going to be enough to propel the Chiefs to a victory in Mexico. All right, stay tuned for our fantasy preview. All right, let's dive right into our fantasy preview here. I'm going to go over my top quarterbacks to look out for. Um, I'm just going to kind of throw a few out there. Typically, I would do five, and then Mike would come in and throw a couple in, so I might do more, I might do less. But let's get started with my number one quarterback this week, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, you heard me just talk about how uh, Houston versus Baltimore, start all your players because I think it's going to be a high-flying game. So I've got Lamar Jackson, number one, and I've got Deshaun Watson, number two. Um, the reason I have them ahead of somebody, say, like Mahomes, is because they're going to run the football a lot. And in standard scoring leagues, running or rushing yards are worth more than passing yards. So I got these guys going off big in a game against each other. Pretty much tied at one, but I'm going to go ahead and put Lamar Jackson as the edge because I think he's going to run it just a little bit more than Deshaun Watson. At number three, I am going to put Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, he, he played good with a high ankle sprain. He came back last week after the knee dislocation and played really well. This week he said he's feeling the best he's felt since his high ankle sprain in week one. So, Imagine what he's been doing with the hurt ankle. Now he's 100% healthy. Tyreek Hill's playing out of his mind right now. So I've got Pat Mahomes going against this Chargers defense, scoring big. The other guy I got here at number four is Dak Prescott. Last week he had a really good game. Uh, they ended up losing, but Detroit has a secondary that can be beat. And I think Amari Cooper is going to get beat deep. Or he's going to, sorry, he's going to beat people deep. So I think Dak Prescott has a big day. He might even get some yardage with his legs uh, against his Detroit team. So I got him at number four. I'm going to put Drew Brees at five. And then kind of like the Houston-Baltimore game, I said that 
The New, the New Orleans and Tampa Bay game are going to be high scoring. So I've got Drew Brees at five, and I'm going to go ahead and just put Jameis Winston at six. Um, I did say I think Jameis Winston throws a couple picks, but I think he probably has a three-touchdown game, so I really like him in this one. Um, oh, God. I'm going to say this, and it's not really – you know, we're going to do the stay away from here, and I'm going to pick Kirk Cousins. He's going against a bad team in the Broncos, but the Broncos have a great defense. And Kirk Cousins is kind of on and off bad good. We know that the, the the trend typically is that if he plays an above 500 team, he loses. And if he doesn't, then he does good. But this one might be different because he's playing a below 500 team in the Broncos that has a really good defense. So I think that they win the game, but I think that they're going to run the ball a lot. So I have Kirk Cousins as one to kind of stay away from. And then I got another one. I think he's going to have a solid game, but I'm going to go Phillip Rivers. Um, He looked really bad against the Raiders last week. The Chiefs pass rush has been doing pretty solid, and I think Phillip Rivers isn't going to have the game that you might expect him to have against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's my quarterback overview. Let's move on to running backs. All right. At number one, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook at Denver. Um, Denver has a stout defense, but like I just said, they're going to have to pound the football to beat Denver. And Dalvin Cook, if if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the board, Dalvin Cook would be the hands-down best running back in the league right now. So I'm going to go Dalvin Cook at number one, and I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey at number two. Um, And I feel like a broken record saying this every single week, but I like to pick my guys based on the amount of volume of touches they get. And those two guys, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, they're going to get a ton of carries. So I got them at one and two. At number three, I'm going to put Josh Jacobs of Oakland going against Cincinnati. There's really, I hate to even say this because uh, my quarterback from Nebraska, Zach Taylor, is the head coach, but there's really nothing good about this Cincinnati football team. The defense is bad. The offense is bad. I expect Josh Jacobs to run all over Cincinnati and for Derek Carr to, to manage it enough to win the football game. But I expect Josh Jacobs to have a big day. Um, at number four, I'm going to put Ezekiel Elliott. And you heard me talk about the preview of this game. They have to get Zeke going. He had 2.4 yards of carry in the last game. But the Vikings have really good defense. I think he can get it going against Detroit. And they really need to get him the ball out of the backfield in his hands catching it too. So I expect him to have a big game. The other one I'm going to throw out here is Melvin Gordon. Um, I, you know, Last week we kind of talked about how the Chiefs had gotten stronger against the run and shut down some good running backs. Well, Derrick Henry absolutely destroyed the Chiefs' defense. And I think that if the Chargers have any hopes of beating the Chiefs, they're going to have to pound the football. And I think Melvin Gordon's going to get a lot done on the ground against the Chiefs. So that's who I've got. Um I'm going to throw Le'Veon Bell in there too. He's not having a great year, but the Washington Redskins defense is not very good. So I would kind of, excuse me, I would start him if you've got him. The other one I want to stay away from, Todd Gurley, just stay away from him. Um, Anyone from the Bears, stay away. I think that's going to be a really defensive game. And Todd Gurley's been, uh, I think in a word, disappointing this year. So I would sit, Todd Gurley. All right, let's go on to the wide receivers here. At number one, I'm going to put Tyreek Hill. 
not because of how much he gets open, but because of what he does after the catch. Uh, It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Mahomes will throw it to him. He gets the ball. He immediately puts on the Dante Hall-like joystick moves and immediately goes backwards, and the defenders just fall over. The Chargers' secondary is a little bit weak, so I'm expecting Tyreek Hill to have a huge game. At number two, I've got Michael Thomas going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, If you heard just a few minutes ago, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And I got Michael Thomas going nuts against the Tampa Bay team. So number two for Mike Thomas. On the flip side, Mike Evans going against New Orleans. I love him. I think we kind of talked about Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, really great combo. Mike Evans is playing lights out. And if you shut down Mike Evans, Chris Godwin is going to tear you up. So I've got Mike Evans at number three. I think it's going to be a really great game for him. Um, You heard me talk about Detroit. I think Amari Cooper goes off. So I got Amari Cooper up there. Um, A couple more. I got DeAndre Hopkins up there. I think he's also going to have a big game. As far as staying away from wide receivers, I don't even know if I can do this, but I'm going to say Stephon Diggs first. He's clearly just to stay away from. Denver has a good defense. I don't think Chris Harris Jr. is going to let Stephon Diggs do much. Uh, He may give up one big play like he usually does, but for the most part, he's going to shut Stephon Diggs down. The one I'm kind of shying to stay away from is Cooper Cup, a guy who typically gets a massive amount of targets. Last week he had zero. And this week, going against a better defense in Chicago, I expect him to to get some catches, but maybe not what you're used to from Cooper Cup, where he's a top five wide receiver. So that's kind of my cautionary pick of the week. Obviously, if you have him, you're probably going to have to start him. But uh, take that advice for what you will. All right, at the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, number one. The guy's playing great this year. And uh, this is that part of the year we've kind of been talking about with bye weeks and injuries. Tight end is thin this week. So I got Travis Kelsey tearing up the Chargers at number one. And then I got Mark Andrews against Houston. The guy's been really great all year. He had two touchdowns last week. And it's looking like the, the version of Mark Andrews we saw at the beginning of the year. I expect Lamar Jackson to find him early and often. All right, and following the trend of starting your players against Cincinnati's D, Darren Waller for Oakland. I expect him to have a big game against that Bengals defense uh, and find a way to get open. I mean, I don't think it'll be hard. I think he can just run down the middle of the field and catch balls all day. So I've got him there. Um, what a lot of people are going to miss this week is guys like Hooper who are hurt. Um, also, it looks like George Kittle is doubtful for the game. So with these couple of injuries and really thin across the board, you got to start looking for guys maybe like O.J. Howard, who a lot of people have cut loose. I picked him up last week because I needed a guy. He actually got above 10 points for the first time. So I was really happy about that. Um, by the way, I won. Michael lost. Just saying. I mean, you can make fun of him all you want, but that's how it went. Um, and we play each other again this week. So. Uh, also, guys like TJ Hawkinson you can pick up, maybe a Noah fan. There's some guys out there. None of them are going to be great. So um, it's essentially <laughs> you probably already have one of the top guys at tight end on your team, and you're just going to have to stick with them and start them because uh, there's just not a lot out there right now. So uh, hopefully you survive these bye weeks. All right, let's talk about a couple defenses here. 
Um, I like the Minnesota Vikings defense at number one right here because they're going against Denver. Denver's got Brandon Allen starting. Um, I think the Vikings could shut them down pretty good. So they're my number one. I've got the Buffalo Bills going against Miami Dolphins for obvious reasons at number two. Um, and then it kind of gets it's dicey from here because you've got a lot of good teams going against good teams and bad teams going against bad teams. Uh, typically, you'd start whoever's going against like the Jets, but the Redskins are going against the Jets and vice versa. So um, it's one of those two kind of like the tight end. If you've got a bye week here, uh, go out and look at some of these guys. Like the Jets defense might not be a bad play going against Washington. So, um, you know, New England's defense after they lost to the Ravens coming back against the Eagles, are they going to be good as they were? Um, I think it's kind of status quo with the tight ends right now at this point in the season. If you've got a true number one defense, you got to start them. So hopefully you can survive that. And that kind of wraps up our show for this week. Um, visit us on gridironauthority.com. You can listen to all of our other episodes. Uh, Mike will be back next week, so um, it won't be just me talking over and over again. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all over the internet. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can listen to us. So uh, stay tuned next week. Mm-hmm.